Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today I am once again joined by Isam to talk about the second round of the Exact Cross series in Beringen. Welcome Isam. Yes, thank you for having me. Additionally, we will be covering some of the news surrounding the Road World Championships. We'll save that for the end of the podcast, including an update on the Macho van der Poel situation. But let's start off in Beringen on the Benemijn, the former mining ground, of course, with a lot of stones. And the men's race there, we had a very rapid start by Pim Ronhaar, but also Dan Soete, the local hero, was up there at the front. But after, well, kind of cautious first one and a half laps, we saw that there was a group of four leaders that finally established a clear gap over the rest. We had a duo from Paul Sauze, no surprises, Eli Isbiet and Michael van Turenhout there. And then a duo from the Boas Trek Lions, Lars van der Haar and Pim Ronhaar. The two Dutch riders fought the two Belgian riders, but just like last week, Van Turenhout opened the gap around the 20 minute mark of the race. It was Pim Ronnaar who was chasing and the gap stabilized around 15 seconds. But eventually after Van der Haar tried to play a trick on Isabit, he tried to let Ronnaar go on the climb by blocking Isabit. Isabit had enough, he was done, he was fed up, this was the reason for him to take the, ha- the race into his own hands. He single-handedly closed the gap to Van Turenhout on his own by dropping the two Balwa's track lines. Then once he finally caught Van Turenhout, he didn't wait a single second and basically dropped him on the next opportunity and very comfortably went on to take his first win of the season. Behind them, it was actually Lars van der Haar that managed to get back to Michael van Turenhout, but in the last lap, it turned out that van Turenhout just had the edge on the big climb over Lars van der Haar. So the second place went to van Turenhout ahead of van der Haar, who had dropped Ron Haar around 40 minutes into the race. Still a very good fourth place by Pim Ron Haar. So is on. Easy taking his first win of the season. Personally, no surprise to see him win on a course like this. Bering, a perfect course for him. Definitely perfect course and yeah, beginning of the season, so we then Iserbeet is the usual suspect. I think that if you look at the first two two laps, it was already um, it quite was shown that Iserbeet was was strong. Uh, he was uh, up front, um, very alert. You know, always with the first five. So I guess. You know, he wanted to make sure that he was going to be there. When Van Turenhout went, it was maybe a bit of a difficult situation for him because, you know, maybe he has to leave the gap again and be in a situation where he has to be the the good teammate again. But um, the race played out that he was... um, that he could finally show the strength that he had and he was simply the strongest today. And, yeah, the parkour for him is is very suited with with the longer climbs. So, I, I... very strong race from from Miserbeat and I think the the one that deserved to win the most today. No doubt about that at all. If you win like that, Miserbeat has closed gap on teammates before, but this is different. With Van Turen out, the relationship is better. He usually used to close them mostly on Sveik, and today he didn't close it with the others in his wheel. He closed it alone, and then left Van Turen out behind almost right away. So that was super impressive. Close like what was it, fifteen? 20-ish seconds, maybe 15, and then took another 5 pretty easily. So that was impressive, and you don't do that if you're not stronger than the rest, and that's not hard to see. Probably you all saw that as well, and I think with the course today, he's be just simply above the rest, and that will probably continue in the following weeks, but I don't think the rest is without a chance. It's an easy beat course. Maybe he's 1% better than the rest, but Van Turenhout, 
Also, Van der Haar was especially improving compared to last week when he was struggling the entire race. They will be up there, and yes, the races in the state suit Isabit. And yes, if you ask me now, I would probably say he's going to win, but I don't think it will be without a fight because Ron Haar, who will come to later, was very good. Muddy races should be better for him, but Van der Haar on a course that's okay for him did very well. And ultimately he came just short of that second place on the podium when he managed to catch from Turin out later in the race. What do you think was behind that Isam? Was it maybe lacking a bit of rhythm so early in the season or potentially something with to do that he became dad or anything that you saw that maybe caused that? Well, I think for Van der Haar it was maybe I think that he was actually planning his race quite well behind Ron Haar, was quite conservative on his energy. Then bridged that gap to Van Turenhout and then wanted to to crack Van Turenhout and I think that was maybe a little mistake that he made um, and then in the last lap Van Turenhout recovered from that effort that he had done in the um, in the 20 minutes like the 20 minute mark in a way where he tried to attack and, and get away from the group and I think then you know in the last lap he had just enough just the edge over Van der Haar it's you know three seconds is nothing and in that battle it's just if you just have a little bit more, you can already make the difference, especially on such a long climb. If you crack, you lose quite some time. And I think it was quite close. Maybe tactically you could try some some other things, but in the end, I think uh, everybody was on his place. Van Turnout definitely deserved that second place. And Van der Haar was, was running quite well with Ron Haar and then bridged that gap to Van Turnout. So I think in the end, um, everybody came on his place and... Uh, I think they both can live with uh, with the positions they ended up in. Yeah, I think, of course, it's a course that suits Van der Haar, but I think he's just a bit short still, but I do see improvements on his side in terms of form. Last week, it was a tractor effort there in the polders of Crybaker. He was suffering almost the entire race in the mix for the podium, but only on pure willpower. Today, I saw a stronger Van der Haar. Uh, more common Van Haar that you see, one that trusts his diesel ability that comes into the race later, close the gap on Van Turenhout. Yes, Van Turenhout did have a bit of back issues in the middle part of the race and that potentially influenced his lap times, but I think that's also part of training because early in the season maybe you didn't do enough core stability training, didn't train your back enough, didn't train your chest enough, and then you can have back pains during the race, but I think... Ultimately, Van Haar is improving a bit, and I would love to see him be a bit stronger because I think that's needed to fight with Isabit. Because today was just a test for, yeah, just for your stamina and your just how long you can keep the effort up and just keep the watts down. And I think today gives a very good indication of who is where in terms of form. Yes, there was a bit of bad luck for some riders. For instance, Ton van der Bos had a puncture on a very unfortunate moment. In the women's race, which we'll talk about later, we saw some punctures and mechanicals. But overall, I think today is a pretty good representation of who is where, who has some work to do. And yes, that will obviously change throughout the weeks. But I think it's already fair to conclude that some of the under-23 riders, as we mentioned in our pre-season podcast, are really bringing up the fight to kind of the older guys or maybe even there we say the old guys because there were a lot of under 23s in that top 10 and not the least Pim Ronhaar being in the mix for the podium for quite a while I was kind of impressed I kind of expected it after the hype but still to then deliver up to the expectation which was a high one which was set pretty impressive 
Yeah, I, I mean, the performance of, of Pin Ronhaar today was, in a way, a confirmation of the hype, huh? but it, it was uh, definitely uh, impressive. You know, and especially the first half of the race, he looked very strong, and, you know, in the later part of the race, it, he struggled a little bit, but I guess kept on going and uh, maintained quite a good gap uh, towards Van der Haar and Van Turenhout. You know, if one of the two have has a mechanical issue, which is definitely not unthinkable on such a parkour, you, you're ending up on the podium uh, at your first elite race. So I, I guess, or televised race in a way. So definitely something that, you know, that, 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 that he showed that he had some good mentality and a good shape in general. So for Ronard was definitely a very good performance. And the battle behind the under-23 with Meuse, Thibaut Nijs, Jente Michels, we didn't see much on the broadcast. I think you saw more of that battle, I guess. But uh, that was definitely a very nice group, and you know, it looked um, it looked quite exciting. And also, the last lap was 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 quite exciting as well. With Vitsemius in the end taking uh, uh, taking the the head of, of the two others, uh, Tibonais and Jente Michels. But I think that definitely shows that yeah, there is uh, some talent coming up and. We kind of knew the names and uh, now we get the confirmation. I don't know how you saw that battle of the under-23 or like with Meus and Tibonais and Michos. I think that was quite interesting. Yeah, I got a very good view of that battle. And to come back on Ronhar first a bit, if that's okay, you said, or are you meant to say that it's the first televised cross he did this season and to get fourth is very good. But I saw a very mature rider, a rider that was playing the team games with his teammate Lars van der Haar. They were trying to work together. He had the confidence going into the downhills. He wasn't scared about racing at the front. He wasn't scared to take the lead. He wasn't scared to get his shoulders out to get that first place in the first corner when there were other riders also wanting that place. I saw a very mature rider there and I think there's more to come. Last week I already said it. It's about consistency. I don't know if he's able to be up there every single week, but if he can just put up these performances from time to time, he's doing a very good job in becoming a front runner. And I think it's just a matter of time now before we will see Pim Ronar eventually making that step to the front runner and able to really be a force to be reckoned with. And that's also kind of needed because his team has terminated the contract with Donards, who is still suspended. Lars van der Haar is already 31 years old. He won't last forever. There's new, you know, there's need of a new Elan in that team. Some young riders that will carry the team. And with Ronhaar they have one. But in the group behind, I saw a very nice battle between Nice, Meuse and Michels. Michels came from the background. He was, I think, 20th or something after the first lap. Then managed to ridiculously quickly move up. At some point I thought, whoa, is he even going to bridge to the leaders? But then he slowed down. Came in a group with Nice and Mosa. They were very, very equal to each other. They were each other's counterparts. Nobody could break away. And they eventually, well, basically sprinted it out in the final lap. I spoke briefly with Timo Nice after the race. His plan was to try and take the lead on the second climb. But he said he didn't like the second climb. It didn't suit him. So he wanted to do it anyway. And then just lead the downhill and then sprint from the final corner. But made a small mistake and eventually missed out. So ended sixth behind Vietse Meuse. Who is under some pressure to start performing to keep his contract at Paul Sauze. And Jente Michels, well, he ended seventh. But 
I think it's kind of what you would expect. He doesn't have the biggest kick at the end of the race, but all three exciting races and the old guys are really getting a run for their money because I think there's only one rider above 30 in the top 10 today and it's Lars van der Haar and most riders are under 25 because I think Isabit is 25 and Tourenhout is what, 29, 30? And the rest are all almost under 23s with the exception of Lander Loke. So definitely interesting to see with also Ryan Kamp and Niels van der Putten in the top 10. Out of these riders, who were you most impressed with uh, in the top 10? I will probably still say uh, Pim Ronar. I think that that was definitely the one that I I wasn't surprised with, but also I was like like kind of excited in a way. Especially the first half was was really impressive. He looked strong. He looked like he was already racing there for for a couple of years. Um, that that it looked very cool in my opinion. And it, like you said, it's gonna be a matter of like is he going to be able to keep. Uh, these kind of results going and if he's going to be consistent over the season but this is definitely a season where he shouldn't be looking at consistency but just take every race as it is and see you know day by day how it goes and you know if you have a bad day once it doesn't really uh, hurt your uh, your season just try to to lift up from the the good days and the good races and you know then it's all going to be a very good season for him but looks it looks very promising and if you start this way, it's it's already a very uh, good feeling that you take with you in the rest of the season. Yeah, of course. And I think with most of these riders, you knew it was there, but it was a case of seeing is believing. So we know it's there. We know that the hype is building up. We know people are saying Ron Haar can top five all races with the elites if he puts out his power numbers. We know the hype for Thibaut Nice is high, but first see... Then we believe, and today we saw Thibaut Nice in his first race of the season. I think that goes for some other riders. Uh, Jente Michels also in his first race, and that's tough. So it's good to see them up there getting a good start to their season. Kamp also had some back issues, was relatively close to that group at some point. was interesting to see, actually. The only two riders in the front I really saw suffering with their back were Kamp and Van Turenhout, both from the Powell Sauze team. Doesn't necessarily need to mean something, it's just something that I noticed. Some other things I noticed was from the Krelan Fristads team. Last week we saw them up front, this week not that much. Mace Hendricks, who started this season, had a DNF. I do not know the reason for that. Jens Adams from the Hollebeek Hoover team also had a DNF. I think he also had some issues, but I also couldn't see what that was. It wasn't announced by the speaker or on the broadcast. And finally, we have to mention it, Laurens Zweig was missing. We don't know the reason for that either, no communication on that, but I imagine that he thought, well, Beringer, not really across from me, going to do some training, and that his teammate Sanne Kant thought the same. I will then still run you down the top 10, even though we mentioned all the names already. Isabi took the win ahead of Van Turenhout, Van der Haar, Ron Haar and Meuse. The second half of the top 10 is Thibaut Nijs ahead of Jente Michels, Ryan Kamp, Niels van der Putten and Lander Lokes. Outside of the top 10... Not that many interesting things, except maybe Corne van Kessel, 14th. Not really a place where we usually see him, a consistent name in the top 10. Should he be worried about his place in the top 10, Isam? Or was there more behind it as it is first cross of the season? No, I wouldn't take too many conclusions out of out of this. It's definitely going to be a little bit harder for someone like him to, to finish in the top 10. Just because there is like there, there's just more contenders right now for a top 10. But it's it's a atypical cross. We don't really have these type of crosses, anyways. It's 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 not something that we have that often in on the calendar. So 
I don't think we need to jump too quickly into conclusions, but I definitely think with the under 23, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to finish in in the top 10. Uh, but uh, uh, Corne van Kessel on a very good day at a parkour that suits him, you know, should be able to 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 fight for top 10. So I I don't um, I don't think it's time for for that he should be panicking right now. But I don't know. For me, it's not really um, going to be an issue. I think he will be having his top 10s during this season for sure. Let's go and talk about the women's race then, because there was a blistering start for Marie Schreiber. The 19-year-old girl took the lead into the first corner and, well, it looked to be that she was absolutely going for it. Opened the gap on the first climb, but then got reprimanded by Femme van Empel. The winner of last week felt that she was in charge and put up the pace, especially since Lucinda Brandt had a bad start. She opened the gap and whilst Brandt was riding towards second place, Van Empel had around 10 seconds already by the time Brandt got into second. But then the disaster hit for Van Empel. She had a mechanical issue and lost around 20 seconds, so she was all of a sudden 15 seconds behind. But luckily for her, and very unlucky for Lucinda Brandt who was leading the race, Brandt had a puncture. Brandt needed to do the entire climb on a flat front wheel and by the time she changed, well, there were basically four leaders, Kastelein, Brandt, Betsema and Van Empel. Brandt and Van Empel were, however, clearly the strongest and they went away from Betsema and Kastelein. Van Empel and Brandt would keep attacking each other with the one opening a gap and then the other coming back, etc, etc and so forth. And it was super entertaining to see and the crowd, the few spectators that there were, were really enjoying the race. And then in the final lap... Van Empel managed to stretch out the gap, but Brandt didn't give up, closed it, so it went down to a sprint. And in the sprint, Van Empel comfortably took charge of it from the lead. Brandt was in the wheel, but just couldn't come out. Van Empel took her second win of the season ahead of Lucinda Brandt, behind Betsma in the third ahead of Yara Kastelein, who ended fourth. Again, a win for Van Empel. Did you see this one coming as easily as last week, uh, Issam? Oh, we have to thank God that uh, Lucinda Brandt started today, because yeah? if... Brandt wasn't here, then it was going to be as easy or at least uh, some sort of an easy performance for Van Empel. But she had to work hard for this one, I guess. It would, uh, Brandt uh, definitely you know, brought the fight up to, to Van Empel. And I think that uh, in the end, you know, Brandt's first race, Van Empel already having that advantage of, of, of racing last week, that, that definitely helps. And um you know i i think the parkour itself it's a bit difficult to say it's it's for the type of climber in a way but it's also a very long effort so it's 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 difficult to judge who would be suiting more for for this parkour but i think you know van ample the the type of climber that she is and brand uh, the way uh, she can she can put the power and long efforts is definitely something that she's very good at you know, it, it was a perfect match for them to to battle it out, and it was a very good battle. And in the end, I guess Van Empel was just the one, just a little bit more uh, left in the tank, and then Brandt really tried, but was just not really able to, uh, you know, to 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 bring something to Van Empel in that last lap. And you know, then Van Empel won, not as easy, <laughs> I guess. And um, um, hopefully, we're going to see more battles of this because I I definitely love this. This was was truly um, a good battle. It was entertaining to watch. Yeah, it would be very nice to see more battles because last year the race was often over if Brandt had a gap. Others just couldn't do it. But 
this year it looks to be different. It looks to be what we hoped slash expected in our preseason podcast. The younger riders bringing up the fight with Brandt and Foss as leaders of the older generation, also with Betsema somewhat included. Well, it clearly brought us an entertaining race today. I saw Van Empel making a bit more technical mistakes than she previously did. Couple of slides, couple of apex missed. That really gave Brandt a chance to stay with her because when she did nail the downhills, Brandt was under big pressure. Brandt was under a lot of pressure and I think that ultimately meant that Van Empel was a bit fresher at the end. But we can't forget Brandt also had a puncture and did an entire climb on that and that absolutely drained your leg. So we can't discount that, we need to keep that in mind. Also first race of the season for Brandt coming from a pretty long and still successful road season. But it will be interesting, I expect more battles and we're still waiting for Pieterse to be there. We're still waiting for Van Anrooy to be there. We are still waiting for what Vos will do. We have heard that she does want to show her rainbow stripes. It's just a question of when will she do it, but it will happen. So hopefully these five riders with maybe occasionally a very good Denise Betsma or an Alvarado who we'll talk about later or Kastelein can bring up the fight. And then we'll have super entertaining races, which are even more exciting than today. I'm just super thrilled for what's going to happen this cross season. And today was a great start. Behind those riders, we saw Denise Betsma ending third. I personally think that Betsema was a tad stronger and also less rusty than last week, but there's still more work to be done going into the rest of the season. What was your thoughts on the race that Betsema did? I think another solid race, again on the podium, was was constantly riding up front and had a very good start, was up there and yeah, just didn't have the legs to to follow the two in front, but was was able to uh, eventually make sure that she finished ahead of Castellan on the podium, and um, that's definitely uh, not a bad performance. So I think that overall, it's um, again uh, a consistent result in a way. I think uh, that that is something that um, that Betsma can maybe build on and try to be consistent over the season. And you know, you don't you never know what that is going to bring, and uh, like. Today we already have seen that both uh, Van Empel and, and Brandt had mechanical issues, puncture. You know those things can happen. So if you're if you're up there and something happens, in, in that you know you don't wish that the rider has such such an issue. But if you do, you need to make sure that you uh, are up there and then you can actually have uh, have the profit of, of such a situation. And I think that that is definitely something that um, you need to do and hope that that, that that it's going to get better but um, we need to be realistic I think that Brandt is definitely someone that is only going to improve this season uh, Van Ample we don't know if she's going to be able to take this over over the course of the season or if there is going to be some sort of a um, you know some sort of a dip Matt Penning was already saying on TV that he was uh, curious to see if she's actually going to be able to hold the condition that she has right now it's difficult. It's all. It's super early in the season still, and if you are going to be able to keep this shape till till January, I don't think anyone will. Uh, so there will be coming some sort of a dip, or maybe a peak and then a dip. So you don't know when it's coming, and and maybe you time it right, and it's at a training camp. But you know, for me personally, I think that Betsema did, did a solid job, and it was a yeah a good race from her side. Well, I heard Matt Penning say more things during the race, which wasn't broadcasted on TV. He was 
very unhappy to say the least that Van Empel was leaving to Jumbo Visma as we discussed last week. I mean, he was pretty upset and salty about it, giving a very, well, not necessary aggressive comment, but, you know, this very, very cynical comment that we were talking about some riders that they were wanting to keep to their team and then it was like, Oh, yeah, she said she wants to stay with the team, but Sven van Empel said the same in the beginning. So, uh, you know, the word of a rider is worth nothing, something in that direction. So, you know, I don't know how he feels about van Empel. You see him really be proud about the men's side, whereas on the women's side, I feel like it's a bit cold between van Empel and Matt Penninger because van Empel wanted to leave earlier because she wanted to race on the road this summer as well. So I feel like that's not really going great at the moment but who knows i think as you said there's more to come for betsema it will be a bit difficult and that's also why for van empel or for power size of van empel leaving the team is such a big hit betsema will be consistently getting podiums but it will be hard at least for me to see betsema really bring up the battle to bring up the best version of herself as we've said many times already to the best riders i think that betsema is a very good rider we need to respect what she does. She gives full commitment to the sport. But that at the end of the day, there are just a couple of riders that are better most of the time. But then again, you never know. On the World Championships Day, everything needs to fall together. And maybe, for Betsema, things will fall together. And maybe they won't. We don't know. She's definitely a good rider. I think that she will get podiums. She will get wins this season as well. But for the time being, I think she's a bit on the back foot. But then again... There's room for improvements to be made on the rustiness. The you know, the technique of her is not what I know she is capable of doing at the moment. I think she's also a rider that benefits from having races to become stronger. Don't forget last year here she also got beaten by Yara Kastelein. This year she was able to beat Kastelein. Kastelein ending fourth after a long and tiring road season. But I think for both Betsma and Kastelein they just came across two stronger riders but they didn't necessarily put in a bad race because also Kastelein for a first race of the season put in a solid ride. I don't know how you saw that, Kastelein and Alvarado 4th and 5th, both riders who started their season here today. Yeah, I was I was surprised, uh, especially with Kastelein's performance but also with Alvarado. Uh, but I think with Kastelein, you know, having had such a busy road season in a way and then doing a one-off i think and then she's going to do some 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 road races again take some rest and then come back to the to the field i think that's definitely you know uh quite remarkable and um special to see that she then <laughs> does does a one-off and and actually performs quite well it is definitely a parkour that suits her in a way a climbing course uh, long efforts that's definitely something that we know castellan can do but then again you need to have the legs and and a good day and she definitely had both so there's there's not really much you can say about such a performance is just solid very good um alfarado was maybe a little bit cautious in the beginning where she had to let a gap uh, maybe also a smart move in a way and uh, then eventually came in that fourth fifth place and uh, was able to um, to take the fifth uh, position there and i think that's definitely a better start in my opinion at least compared to the start she had last season and uh, something you can build up on um, definitely not the easiest race to start your season with so we'll see how um, how that will play out this season and yeah 
we'll figure out. I don't know how you looked on, on, on these two, but I think definitely good performances overall. I 100% agree with you about Castellane, so I won't repeat you, I'll just talk about Alvarado, because for Alvarado I have a bit of mixed feelings, you know, I would have liked to see more on one hand, but on the other hand, it's their first race of the season, it's a tough course, not necessarily an Alvarado course, not Alvarado conditions either, it was kind of warm, so yeah, but I don't know, I would have ideally wanted to see a bit more, because 1 minute 30 behind is a lot, there have been some suggestions in Belgian media which I absolutely don't care about or well I do care about because I'm talking about them I don't agree with them there have been reports suggesting that Alvarado doesn't have the professionality to be a top-class rider and I think it's ridiculous because they base it on the fact that she has been walking a lot over the summer and done a lot of walking in the mountains I think of Austria or something in the holiday who cares what she does on a holiday okay she takes it easy after a tough cross season it's fine what does it matter and then they say often not in this article but it's often referred to which comes I think from it because it's been suggested earlier that she's too much on social media and I don't understand how being on instagram a lot or being active there posting a lot sharing your life uh, whatsoever how is that different from watching netflix in the evening or watching a tv show or reading a book i mean it's all to pass the time it's all to relax a bit so i don't agree with that i think it's a pretty ridiculous statement if i'm going to be honest it's very possible in my opinion that the sport has gone to a higher level with the arrival of a young generation in the likes of Van Empel, Van Androoy, Pietersen, who are pushing Brandt and Voss to the absolute limit. Betsma also find the, found a bit extra compared to Dubendorf where Alvarado became world champion. It's very possible. And Alvarado last year was still competing for a medal at the world. So let's not pretend that she's all of a sudden some backmarker. It's still... There, she's fifth. It's a decent season start. I would have liked to see see a bit more there, but ah, I don't think it's the end of the world. Let's let's wait and see a couple of weeks, and then when also the real cross weather comes, we'll see what's up with Alvarado. But normally, she should still be fine to compete for wins and podiums this season. What I won't wait for is to talk about Marie Schreiber, because you probably know I'm quite a fan of her. I've tipped her as going to be a surprise this season, and today, well... What a start, I mean, I only saw some dots because I was standing on the top of the hill, but Isam, she started on the second row, you had the broadcast view, what happened at that start, man, because from the second row she absolutely blasted away, first into the first corner, opening a gap, super exciting to see, I mean, it was only a yellow dot, but there's only one yellow dot at the front of the peloton, so I got pretty excited. <laughs> it was quite a start i was like who does she know that there's actually uh still a couple of laps to go but it was actually it, it was it was quite fast to be honest last season as well we we saw that um when when she and buckstead started the, the races that uh, buckstead was a um, very fast starter and that she was always behind her so she kind of showed it already last year but i don't know what she did this year but it was quite crazy she had a gap and then went for it completely and didn't stop uh, sprinting till the till the corner and i think everybody was already sitting while she was still standing on the pedal so quite a quite an impressive start and she was actually able to you know to keep at the front uh, the first lap so it was like it was not for nothing in a way no it was a good race she got into a rhythm and Ultimately overtook Van der Heide and Van Alphen in the final stages of the race, both 777 riders blowing up a bit. 
which actually gives me a good reason to run down the top 10 because a lot of Dutch riders there, Fem van Empel ahead of Brandt, Petsema, Kastelijn, Alvarado and Schreiber, then the two 777 riders of Van der Heide and Van Alfa followed by another 777 rider, Anna K, whilst the 10th place was to Mout Kapteins. Don't think there's a lot of reason to discuss the names in the back end of the top 10, most were usual suspects. Outside of the top 10, honorable mentions for first year on 23 Leonie Bentveld in 14th, as well as first year junior Shandy the Shoesitter in 17th. Let's look at some other races in Europe then, because there was also cyclocross in France in Boulzicourt, Ardennes. And the men's race was won by Clément Venturini. Very nice to see him start his season so early. I am a big fan. I hope he does an entire cross season again. Joshua Dubot ended second and Anton Ferdinand the third. The women's race was won by Amandie Fouconnet ahead of Marianne Norbert Ribeiro and Jinse Peters ended third. There was also a cross in Switzerland. In Switzerland, Kevin Kuhn opened his season taking the win ahead of David Menu and Finn Troidler. The women's race there was won by Helene Clausel ahead of Sara Casasola and Rebecca Gariboldi. Also racing in Rochester on the other side of the ocean where the cyclocross couple of Bastans and Vorst both took the win yesterday as Bastans beat White and Swartz while Vorst beat Manny and Killips. It was an interesting race there. It was broadcasted on GCN and... Eric Brunner had a couple of issues. He was struggling on was a semi-fast course, but it was actually a cool one with quite some technical sections. Today, completely a different world. Very slippery, lots of crashes, riders sitting down, sliding down on the mud. Truly incredible scenes. If you want to see them, check out our Twitter feed. There's a couple of videos up there. The men's race is still underway as we are recording, but Anne-Marie Worst took the win in the women's race ahead of Madigan Munro and Caroline Mani. Men's race is underway at the moment, Curtis White is leading, but it's not said if he will take the win. Well, that's the cross out of the way, Isam, but that's not the biggest news of today. The biggest name of cyclocross, Macho van der Poel, he has been caught up in a big incident over in Australia and Wollongong for the Road World Championships. Tell me how you discovered about the news, how you woke up to it waking up and and just i opened my phone checked the 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 nos which is the the news page of the netherlands and read the article and i was you know i didn't believe it in a way because i saw and uh, police and uh, from the pool involved so i i i I couldn't really understand what was going on had to read it twice actually and uh, then i understood what was going on and still you don't really understand it because then it was still a bit unclear because I think I woke up at yeah, it should be five, I think five o'clock in the morning. It's definitely um, not something that you want to see a cyclist get involved in with police and go to a police station, have to clarify things. And uh, yeah, one of your biggest races of the year that you want to perform very well, big goal, and it ends up in such a way that's definitely not something that you want. No, it was a big mess and i woke up i think half an hour later than you did opened the same app saw the same news and i was like what i was like sleepy and then all my sleepiness was gone in one second i was like van der poel spent the night in jail what in jail and then i read it and then i'll give a bit of an update for the people who don't know the entire situation but Van der Poel went to bed at 9, he was on a different floor of the hotel because he had a cold when he arrived so he was sleeping in a room with his girlfriend 
well, there's things to be said that that's wrong, but that's an entire different discussion which we won't go into. He had loud, noisy neighbors that were making a lot of loud noises. There were then children knocking on his door and running away. These children were 13 and 14 year old girls. Van der Poel, after the third time, got upset, went onto the hall and shouted at them and told them to go away. He himself said he told them in a not so very friendly way to go and piss off because he wanted to sleep and then the police got called and he needed to go to the police office to clarify what happened and he was put in uh, prison for a very short time he eventually got released at 4 a.m or no he came back in the hotel at 4 a.m hardly slept started the road race but dnf'd after 30 minutes i don't think it's up for us to judge who we believe from the pool says he didn't touch the children the children say they got pushed and got injured due to it he's being charged with common assault for it but it's not for us to decide who we believe the court case is happening this tuesday or at least some sort of hearing is happening then it's not up to us to decide who is right and who is wrong if on the pool pushed them he is very wrong if he didn't then the children are wrong for making it up but again it's not for us to make that up we'll leave that to the courts but overall I would like to say a thing about how it's handled because, in my opinion, Isam, give yours now, please. It was a big mess how the KMVU addressed this matter, trying to basically cover it up in the hope nobody found out, and then he was magically good in the race. The Federation has uh, played a big role, in my opinion, in, in, in this case, in, in so many different ways. I mean,. Um, the fact that 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 he was um, at, at the different, he was on on another level than the others on the hotel. Um, there was nobody there. Also, I think from his side, you know, not having the trust to contact the federation first, or at least your uh, coach Morenhout, the team director, or someone else. You know, he immediately went to uh, to Rothof, the manager, team manager of um, of himself and of Alpes in uh, the Koning and. Yeah, it, it it was it was definitely a mess, and it it, it looked so unprofessional in a way. Uh, considering the fact that the Netherlands is actually a cycling nation, I think it was unprofessional in in every single way. It's a uh, yeah a, a mess, a situation you don't want to be in, and regardless of who is at fault and um, if he's guilty or not that is up to the the court case that's coming up but it's just something you don't want to be in 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 that situation and um, you know it's easy for us now to say that it could have been avoided but it it is what it is and even if he ended up in such a situation you there is still i think many ways to make sure that it gets handled easier quicker and better and apparently that was not the case so yeah that's that's how I look at it. I think it makes sense that Van der Poel tries to resolve this himself. And of course, in hindsight, it would have been much easier if he told his girlfriend, tell these children to go away or called the reception or somebody from the staff. But knowing Van der Poel, he's not a person that likes to bother other people in a way with his own tiny problems. So he's like, I'll solve it myself. And that obviously went wrong. The decision of the Dutch Federation to send nobody to the police office with him is a questionable one. Van der Poel spoke with the national coach, Koos Moerenhout, before. They decided nobody went with him. He went with Roodhoofd. Weird. It's not the only thing that went wrong there. Why do they not rent out an entire floor in the hotel? 
why are they even staying in that hotel? Why are they staying 90 minutes away from Wollongong? Why did the junior woman have no support when they needed to check in on Schiphol, the Dutch airport, before they flew to Australia, only last minute being supported by somebody who then also finds out that the Federation hadn't paid for nine of their bikes to be flown over? Why are they not supervised on that flight and do three elite riders need to supervise them? Why do Annemiek van Vleut and Ellen van Dijk need to rent out an apartment closer to the time trial course because the KMV rents a hotel too far away? Why is the Dutch national coach of the junior women's team not in that car during the junior women's race and instead is there a former KMV employee there because he was coincidentally on vacation there? This makes no sense. It's a disaster class on all levels and this is supposed to be one of the main cycling nations with one of the most competent federations. I'm also a member there, I have a license there and I have already seen things go horribly wrong in the past couple of years but that it's this bad also at the top level. Last year they elected a new president or head of the cycling department and he's a former politician and he promised big changes because he knew things were messed up but nothing came from him he's been invisible this entire year no changes no structure changes whatsoever it's just been messy and in this the Canvu is excelling in absence where are they where is a statement there's only been an interview with Moorenhout with Wielerflitz or some other website but there's no there's no official statement nothing it's just piss poor and eventually the fact that Van der Poel relies on Roodhoofd is kind of fitting in the portrait that's being fixed of him. He is in the national team but he's basically on an island. He relies on the same stuff that he has throughout the entire season. He doesn't really bond in well with the other riders. He is on his own and the fact that then Roodhoofd is the one solving the issues is kind of fitting but I do want to say that Roodhoofd fixed it in an absolutely legendary way because Van der Poel of course he withdrew from the race there's no way he's going to do 270 kilometers with barely any sleep but that escape of Van der Poel Roodhoofd that's actually genius from him the way that he fabricated that Van der Poel after he withdrew was in a camper van and once the press found out there was just a hurdle of press around his camper van all waiting for him to leave and his girlfriend goes in and there's a live blog running and people are asking questions and it's almost going into the minister, the, the prime minister. They're almost going to ask him, what do you think about Van der Poel? But then Rothoft comes out and gives the most basic interview ever, saying everything we already knew. There's an SUV with dark windows behind the camper van. And whilst all the press there is paying attention, the door of the camper van opens, Van der Poel runs into the car and he's gone. Yeah, that was that was probably the most professional move in this uh, entire soap. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so many things that went wrong and um, a shame, really a shame for the race, I think, because um, yeah, it, it was definitely a miss in in the race. I think in the end it was still uh, still a great race to watch, but uh, yeah, a bit of a shame that uh, one of um, I think the favorites, if not dark horses, uh, fell through in, in such a way. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything goes well uh, and um, he's able to, to return uh, to the Netherlands uh, quite quickly and maybe even do some races uh, at the end of uh, the season. Yeah, who knows? For now, we need to wait and we can still briefly talk about that race. I mean, on the men's side, not that much to talk about, to be honest. Even the pool took the win, but he's not a cross rider. 
I thought the race was pretty boring because it was clear he was going to win from that group. Ultimately, in the final, things came together and Van Aert sprinted for silver. He lost out. His teammate Laporte got silver ahead of Matthews and Van Aert fourth. I don't know. I don't think it's really a telling result. Van Aert didn't know for what place he was sprinting. It was a weird finish. Van Aert had done some things. Very weird overall, but I think, to be honest, yeah. Van Aert was okay, but if he was racing for the win, it would have been different. We can't draw conclusions on, oh, if they caught Evenepoel, then Van Aert wouldn't have become world champion or something, because different race situations and those require different scenarios. So, in my opinion, we can't really say a lot about Van Aert. I don't know if you do think we can say anything about Van Aert. No, apart from some strange tactics in a way, attacking when, when Evenepoel was still in front and but overall, it was, um, you know, sprinting for the win or sprinting for a position you don't know has a different vibe. And it's just very hard to, to conclude anything on that. We don't know what he did before that. I think that he actually was uh, was away with Betio and we didn't see anything from the broadcast. So it's very tough to say what effort he had done to uh, to stay in front. And, uh, you know, in the end, it's, um, it's a sprint that's not really telling. And in the end, Belgium won a... Won, won the jersey so doesn't really matter where he finished uh, you know doesn't really add up anything it's another medal he got plenty of them so <laughs> it's for him I think it's uh, more important maybe next year at Glasgow to, to see if he can actually get that jersey yeah who knows I think when he attacked he wasn't aware that even the pool had already gone solo or whatsoever so it's fine I think overall a good race by the Belgian team especially tactically they were perfect women's race yeah, much more entertaining in my opinion. Solid 50 kilometers of entertaining races. Eventually, Annemiek van Vleuten, not a surprising winner. But at the same time, a surprising winner. Because you never have the feeling that she was in contention for the win throughout that race. With the broken elbow, late attack, getting the win. Have to mention there, Sylvia Persico sprinting to the bronze medal. Is only the fifth rider to end on the Soccer Cross World Championships and road world championships podium in the same year i think or no five, fifth rider in total i think but don't correct me on that one anyway impressive result at the end of a very impressive season kopecki however in the sprint just too strong i think persico was really really on her max in the rain on the with the climbing done as well yeah, I think Persico was uh, was definitely on the limit, but uh, able to 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 get a, a bronze medal. I think that the the statistic of that was that um, she and Foss were the ones that won it in the same year, or at least got on a podium in the same year. And there were five others that did it over the course of their career. So uh, I thought it was five in the same calendar year, or three Foss and Persico in the same calendar yeah. year, mm -hmm. and then five either in the course of their career it list included Provo, Coupe van Agel. Yes. So I think it's probably throughout their career, mm -hmm. I think then yeah. But but about the race, I mean, you know, Persico was uh, was up there. She had uh Longo Borghini obviously in that uh, group of five with Ludwig as well and Lippert. And yeah, she was uh, she had to follow the wheels, survive the climbs and then uh, <laughs> see what's left and try to sprint and uh, was able to 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 finish behind a super strong uh, Kopecky and uh, Van Vleuten that was uh, the smartest and the strongest of them all uh, in the end. So uh, I think for her definitely a good result. She had a very good road season in my opinion, and 
um, interesting to see what she will bring um, in the cyclocross. Yeah, I wonder what she will do in cyclocross. Last year, she of course made a huge step, leap forward after basically taking cyclocross serious for the first time, doing a proper season. Now that Falkar team, which looks pretty entertaining last year, is falling apart. Arzufi is only doing cross-secondary this year. I expect Persico to move to the same. She's also expected to move to UAE with Arzufi. So, yeah, I don't know if that's really a cross-team, to be honest. I think there will be less support, although there's talk about some Falkar involvement there. So, wait and see, I guess. But I do expect it to be there, especially as the Hogerheide course suits her. But yeah, the final note on that race, I think Kopecky was just stronger, but no shame in that. Persico really with a very good season, probably a bit of tiredness kicking in as well after doing all three of the women's equivalents of the Grand Tours. So definitely a special season by her. I look forward to her in cross very much as well. Isam, I think we've made it a long podcast again against what we decided beforehand we were going to do a short one but we horribly failed and i think we can still talk forever but let's make to an end to it isam thank you for being here yeah <laughs> we cannot stop talking eh? but uh, thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to next week yeah podcast only getting longer and longer so well if you liked it uh, you can write any suggestions feedback opinions or whatsoever to noah at cyclocross.com that's cyclocross with three s's in it so noah with an h at the end at cyclocross with three s's.com looking forward to reading what you guys send me and then we will be back next week with the exact cross in meulebeke isam thank you and we'll be back next week goodbye <laughs>